0: At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm your co-host, menes I'm joined by Gav Joshi. Gav, how are you?
2: I'm good, Menes. How about yourself? Yeah, very good. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. Plenty of cricket. Jeez, a lot of sport. I mean, I love September. I mean, it was just flicking through the channels. I was watching this straight, then it went through that, you know, mid-phase of the innings where you sort of go, oh, well, I might just have a little flick around the channels and watch the Asia Cup final. And um, yeah, 10 minutes of the Asia final was was about as long as it took to decide the result because Shwankar bowled out for fifty. So, um, back to the Australia game. So, um, yeah, but, but a lot of football on as well. I mean, I mean, I know it's a cricket podcast, but so we won't talk about multiple sports. But geez, the Wallabies losing to Fiji, that would do me.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, sports lovers' dream over the weekend. I'm a bit dusty. I stayed up late watching the final One Day International between South Africa and Australia, and we'll, we will wrap up the series, which. South Africa came back from 2-0 down to win 3-2. So in this podcast, we're going to look at those last two matches. Some big implications out of this series for Australia's World Cup campaign. Also some other news with the World Cup participants. uh, A big exclusion for Pakistan, a big injury. We'll get to that later on. So lots of cricket news to get into. Then, of course, we'll wrap it up with Can't Let It Go. But let's start with the one-day internationals in South Africa, Gav. South Africa won matches three, four, and five by over 100 runs to decisively take the series in the end after a good start by the Aussies. And uh, we'll get into, we'll start with match four. So match four, South Africa batted first and they made five for 416 It was an incredible second half of South Africa's innings. Klassen ended up 174 not out of 83 deliveries. Miller, 82 of 45 deliveries. They put on 222 at a run rate of 14.47, the highest ever 200-plus stand in one day international cricket. That's right, a run rate of 15 runs per over. And in the last um, half of the innings, Australia conceded 100. Sorry, Australia conceded 173 in the last 10 overs of their innings. So, so Gav, I mean, that was an incredible explosion by South Africa.
2: It was. I mean, it was terrific to watch. Some carnage. And Hendricks Clarkson's come out a long way. I mean, to remember him, he's sort of you know made his debut around that 2018 mark. But just his hitting ability, I think he's just got that touch of class. And at that great age of you know, I think he's 31 to two, where you just Knows his batting so well, a little bit like Mitch Marsh. Um, and, he, and he plays spinners well, and I think South African conditions suit him well. He's had a bit of exposure to IPL, playing a bit of franchise cricket. Um, and he's just got that natural hand-eye coordination. I a mean, a tall man, just hits through the line, has a sweep shot, reverse sweep. You know, what do you need for a modern-day uh, batter? And I, I think it's just phenomenal just to see him cut the ball around. Uh, but, yeah, it was absolutely carnage. What You mentioned the 100 runs, but, you know, even the one, uh, the second match, Australia won by over 100 runs. So apart from, I think it was the first game where Australia scrambled home, um, thanks to, you know, Manus coming in as well. Uh, but but the, that could, I mean, it was 7-415. So that could have been another one-sided contest as well. So uh, pretty much every contest has been, you could say, you know, one good partnership has probably changed the context of the match, and, and that's just modern-day cricket. If you can't break partnerships, you know, mod- a modern-day cricketers is just so phenomenal at, at sort of, you know, capitalizing um, from the opposition mistake if they stay in. And we just saw, like, you know, as you mentioned, Hendrik Klassen was just a, another perfect example of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Classen's 174 of 83 is the highest score by any player coming in after the 25th over of a one day international inning. So that just gives you an idea of how incredible that innings was. And that 173 runs conceded. By Australia in the last ten overs uh, was the most any team has scored in the last ten overs of a one-day international. So a lot of stats that Australia won't want to have seen. And then another one. And if you're a, if you're a fan of Adam Zampa, maybe just fast forward thirty seconds because Adam Zampa has equaled the record for the most expensive spell in one-day international cricket. Mick Lewis conceded one hundred and thirteen in that famous. Four three eight v one day international in Joburg. and now Zampa uh, equalled that.
2: We, we, we gave Mick Lewis a bit of a mention last week, didn't we, Menas? You we said did. that you were watching that game. It's, you know, I think one of your children was born, and you even considered n- naming them Mick Lewis. So um, <laughs> maybe there's somebody out there, Menes, who <laughs> named nicknamed their or named their kid Adam Zampa, or even Zamps yes. after well, watching that. <laughs>
1: Well, actually, my son's middle name is Mick, but it's named after his late grandfather, not Mick Lewis. Um, so, yeah, Adam Zampa he conceded 113. And i, I got to say, Gav, uh, I thought it was strange that Mitch Marsh brought him on for that 10th over. So after nine overs, Zamper had conceded none for 87. And Klassen and Miller at this stage were going full ball. And then Mitch Marsh just brings him on for one more over and he conceded 26. I, I thought in that situation, maybe you want to look after your bowler a bit.
2: Yeah, I I suppose so. I mean, the carnage is probably done. Uh, but I think it's more like like we've talked about on this podcast, that it's a bit experimental when putting players in it, you know, tough scenarios and even last night's game you saw Adam Zampa actually you know you got those two quick wickets he was on a hat-trick as well uh, and then last two uh, sort of the overs I think uh, until uh, Fekaleko is that how you pronounce it? Fulwakao okay, yeah Hello Akeo, you know, he took the... But, you know, Adam Zampa came back in that 48th over strong. And there's been a lot of emphasis on Adam Zampa actually bowling at the end as well. So it's been very attacking captaincy, which has not just come from Mitch Marsh, but even before that from Aaron Finch. I don't mind that because we don't see the spinners bowl a lot in those sort of last sort of three overs. And I think, you know, we saw Zampa yesterday. Like, yes, it, if the game got away last two overs again. Uh, in that fifth match. But, you know, those two important wickets, I mean, he could go through detail. And those 10, 15 runs or, you know, even 25 runs are, are so important. So I don't really blame Mitch Marsh. I think they're trying to get Adam Zampa. I think he likes it. I think that's one of his strengths. He doesn't get deterred by it. Uh, but just, you know, one of their batters, if they get away from you these days, it's really hard to rail them back. But I think Zampa loves that challenge. He wants the ball in his hand. Um, and he's had that from, you know, growing up from the you've hit stories of him sort of, I think he was even bowling to someone like Chris Lynn when he was growing up. And I think Lynn had smashed him for three sixes. And they tell a story on how Adam Zampa said, no, 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 I'll keep bowling. Thing he got smashed for four sixes, but managed to get him out. So um, that, that's Adam Zampa. I think he loves that challenge. Um, so I don't really blame Mitch Marsh. I think Australia like using Adam Zampa. And if if that was a problem, then Zampa probably doesn't bowl in that you know forty seventh over last, uh, on that fifth one day, which you know was a terrific over. You got two wickets, and South Africa instead of getting over three hundred, could have been rolled for two ninety odd. So that
1: was just a mauling by South Africa. Five for four, sixteen, and then Australia were bowled out for two hundred and fifty-two, and no one really put up much of a fight except for Alex Carey, who was the last player out for a cruel ninety-nine off seventy-seven. He just tried to turn the ball to bring up his second One Day International century, and it ballooned off his glove, and he was the last player out off the glove for ninety-nine. So a forgettable match for Australia. Lungi Ngidi took four for 51 and Australia were absolutely thumped in that fourth match but I guess the biggest thing to come out of this match was the injury to Travis Head. He sustained a blow off curtsy when he was batting. He continued a bit longer than had to retire hurt and it's come out that he's got a a bad fracture in his left hand and he's not going to be available for the beginning of the 50 over World Cup. He's headed home now for more diagnosis. He doesn't need surgery but it's unequivocal. He won't be able to play a major part in the World Cup and, you know, it's open the door for someone like Amanis to come in. But uh, that is a big loss for Australia on the eve of the World Cup, Gav.
2: Uh, it's massive. Just the way, okay, it just, you know, Travis Head probably last played in twenty sort of eighteen, then he just, was 2019, then he was dropped for two or three years, came back sort of. And in those 21 matches, he's averaged 61 at a strike rate of, you know, over 115. Uh, he's got 200s, 550s, and just he's, you know, it, it's allowed, like we've talked about, like he hasn't partnered much with David Warner in that period, just maybe half the matches. But when he has, it's allowed Warner to play his his own game in the sense that he doesn't have to blast. So it's an idea. It has been an ideal combination for Australia. So I think it's a huge loss and he's, you know, one of the leaders. Importantly, his off spin, you know, especially if Glenn Maxwell hasn't played in recent times, so his off spin's given a little bit of options as well. It just felt like a bit of an innocuous blow, though. Like you know, normally you get a blow on your fingers, you're trying to defend the ball, but he's just trying to help it along. Um, but that's a huge loss. I mean, if Travis heads, you know, you wonder if he like, you know, fractures are hard to sort of recover from, um, and you wonder if he's going to get a go at this World Cup. I mean, I don't think Australia want to shut the doors. On him completely because he's such a vital cog, and even last time with the India series coming up, India, uh, you know, his record in India is is pretty good in the subcontinent. And, and we talked about that average of sixty one that that included matches in Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and India. So it, it just hasn't been in Australia. So the track record, his role, so pivotal uh, is is going to be a big loss for Australia. Yes, and I
1: don't like the idea of bringing someone in cold uh, in the middle of a World Cup, especially if they've had an injury like this where they're not doing much. Well, he won't be able to do any batting. So, yeah, I think it's, it's who, unlikely we'll see him in the World Cup. I, I think who, they're gonna, who would you
2: go with? Who well, would you go with?
1: I think they're going to move Mitch Marsh up to open with David Warner. I think that's.
2: So, uh, you think Marlis at three?
1: Well, I think maybe Steve Smith at 3, minus at 4, or vice versa. Um, I know Smith likes to bat at 3 in the 50-over game. Um, it does... Yeah obviously open a spot in the squad up that Manus might be able to sneak in because he wasn't named in the original 15. I think there'll be concerns with the Australian batting after this series in South Africa. That has been the disappointment. You mentioned it before. We weren't able to really challenge any of those big chases. So maybe, you know, you need those heavy-duty batters like Smith and Manus. Uh, But I think we'll see. I think Mitch Marsh at the top is – is a good move. I think him and Warner, Mitch Marsh can do the same thing. He can score quickly if, and take if, the pressure off Warner.
2: If, if Australia's trying to play a game, and all indication, yes, they have been chasing big turtles, but the indication is Australia want to go hammer and tongs at, at the start. And, you know, sort of Travis Head is, is the primary character in that, followed by Mitch Marsh. But if you suddenly lose Mitch Marsh in the first over, How do Warner and Smith bat? I mean, because they are not those type of players. So then do Australia take that approach? And that's where my concern is. Then do they go back into a bit of old school cricket where, you know, and South Africa played a little bit of that. They they weren't getting off to, you know, flying starts like Australia were, but they sort of, you know, had the brute power, which Australia have down at sort of six and seven as well and five. Um, So it's going to be interesting. I, I, you know, I, if I if it was me, I mean it's it, it's too much cricket. But you know you you and I'm you know posing this question to you, men, is who else can bat at the top and just sort of you know even if their role involves scoring you know four, quick forty or thirty balls, who's the person apart from? I mean I'm just trying to guess.
1: Well, one option would be Marcus Stoinis. He bats in the top yep. order in a lot of T20 franchise cricket, and when he plays List A cricket, he actually. Um, can play both games. He can come in down the yep. order and take on the opposition. He can also build an in innings. Um, yep. So so he might be someone that could look to push up the order.
2: And does he, that does that give an opportunity for someone like Tim David? I
1: don't know. Tim David hasn't exactly um, bashed the door down this <laughs> or, series. Well, I mean, Africa. I guess
2: Maxi's there, so he's going to be important. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, just the way that Australia want to play, I don't think, and if Manus is going to be on the four, I, I don't think, just a style and brand that Australia want to play. I don't think S- Smith, Warner, and Labuschan all fit in the top four. One of them can't, won't be there, and that's got to be Marnus. Um, so does Smith go, still stay at four? But then who bats at three or who opens? I'd be giving even a Cam Green a chance. I, yes. I think his best. I think his best works done at the top of the order. You know, he's opened a fair bit for Mumbai Indians as well. Um, so you'd open know. with him and Warner and have
1: um, Mitch Marsh at three yeah, and Smith at four. Oh,
2: yeah, I mean, but, you know, like, can Cam Green tee off from the start? That, again, is a bit of an issue for me. I think that's going away from his get natural game because I don't think he's that type of player. So uh, can Philippi do that job? I'm, uh, uh, I'm sorry, stop, Phillippe, <laughs> English hmm. do that job. You know, so I'm not sure. I think there'll be a few question marks. Or so I think if Australia want to play the style, they've got to, find that player or if they want to just sort of pull it back a little then and if all the side has to be sort of on that common ground and then they're going to have Manus at four maybe Manus three and Smith at four and then you can just go five six seven eight their role is just you know just to blast away.
1: Mm. So Australia announced a 18 player squad for the one day internationals versus India that starts pretty soon. So they're a warm up for Australia. They head from South Africa to India. Um, so obviously, all the big guns come back uh, Smith, Cummins, Stark. They're, they're all back from injury. Uh, Travis Head obviously left out with that injury. So they've kept Manus Labashane in the squad. They've also brought in Matthew Short. Um, yes. So, so that's a big one. He's someone who can bowl yeah. some spinners, can bat at the top of the order. It's a bit of a like-for-like like replacement yeah. for Travis Head. And then you've got Spencer Johnson and Tan Sanger also staying with the squad. I'm not sure. We'll see Matthew Short come over the top of Marnus Labashane. I think that would be a mistake. Um, I think Marnus has done enough but, yeah, what do you think of Short's inclusion in this squad?
2: Well, I was going to get to that. I think this is the only like to like it is probably someone like a Matty Short because we saw him open in the, that T20 game in South Africa as well, We've seen him open at the top, um, and, and that might be the role for him to play. And if he does play that, then then maybe the, the, there's a chance, you know, Mitch Marsh is still there and Manas is still almost a backup for anybody else. Um, so, uh, look... Uh, I just don't know if if the wickets are quite flat. One thing also to take out of this series is the amount of times I, I, I guess you know teams batting first have had plenty of success, which is quite different to say a T20 game where uh, you know a lot of teams prefer to chase. So that, that that's going to be. Interesting as well uh, on what strategies Australia will want to employ going forward. Uh, South Africa, you know, wanting to bat first. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's the like-to-like. Whether he cuts it in the squad, I don't think he can push out manners. Um But, look, I think he, I, I would still be tempted to go with even a Cam Green, but, you know, he has to be given a specific role. And whether he's ready for that role... I'm not sure, um, so I think this it, it's it's a it's a huge problem for Australia because I think they need to you know come up with a, a almost a fix it plan at the moment. Mm. the 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 other thing I wanted to ask you, man, is, is yes. of course with Stark coming back, you know, you, you think he's going to bowl it to death? We talked about an Sambar, but who's the other death bowler? Do you bowl Hazelwood? Do you bowl Cummins? Do you bowl? You know, Stoinis has done a bit at the end. Um, Nathan Ellis not in the squad Sean Abbott I'm not sure um, Who is the other death bowler?
1: Yeah I think they're still looking at that I think Cummins will bowl some death overs I think Stark will Hazelwood maybe um, But they, they haven't solved that I think, yet
2: I, I actually think that Hazelwood Bowled pretty well at the death I think his Yorkers Like you look at some of the shots Even during the uh, Henrik Klassen's carnage If you want to call it he's, You know there were, there were nice sort of Yorkers Which he's just over backward point. Or, or, so I think Josh Hayes would bowl pretty well at the death. Um, and I think he's got it. I think he's become a really good bowler. I, I, I think you're right. I think he might be a better bowler than Cummins at the death.
1: Oh, I agree 100%. Um, all right, so let's go into match five of this series. So it was locked at 2-all. And I actually went into match five feeling that although this is a sort of a warm-up series, I still think you want to win those big games heading into a World Cup, like especially a decider of, you know, of a series, you know, you should be looking to win that and get your confidence up. And South Africa batted first. and Oh, and Cameron Green came back for, in, into this side, which was a big one. So Cameron Green came back after the concussion and Josh Inglis moved to bat at number three. And you mentioned him before as maybe a possibility in the top order. South Africa batted first and made 9 for 3.15. Aidan Markram made 93, uh, top score for South Africa. Um, Miller, Jansen and Phil Willer KO all played well at the end there, scoring pretty quickly. Uh, for the bowling example, 10 overs, 3 for 70. Took a bit of tap but took some wickets as well. Um, Sean Abbott, 2 for 54. Cameron Green, 1 for 59. And Nathan Ellis, eight overs, one for 49. Nathan Ellis picked up a bit of an an abductor strain, abductor strain, I think it is, um, during the (laughs) inning. So he couldn't bowl at the end. So it did leave um, Mitch Marsh a little bit short with bowling options. So what was disappointing for me was South Africa made 315. I thought that was gettable, but Australia Mm. were bowled out for just 193. Marco Jansen, five for 39. Keshav Maharaj, four for 33. Mitch Marsh opened the batting, made 71. Manus made 44. But Australia lost by 122 runs, and meaning we got beaten by over 100 runs in the last three games. And more injuries to come out of this game. Nathan Ellis, the abductor strain, so he's going to take that to India. Hopefully it's just a slight one. But still, he was someone who was there or thereabouts, the squad, and if there were injuries, would have come in. So that's another concern. Sean Abbott, who is in the World Cup squad, split the webbing in one of his hands. Now, it's stitched up, but it will affect his um, availability for some of that Indian series. So in the end, Gav, not the outcome Australia would have wanted. Injuries, performance issues, lost the series, bit of a horror ending.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, they would have liked to take a little bit more out of the series. I mean, what's the positive? Yeah, well, we talked about Mitch Marsh, extremely positive. I I, I still think, you know, I think Josh Hazelwood is very good. You'd you take something out of that. Um, you know, Alex Carey is still doing his job pretty well, you'd think. Uh, but it's it, it, what Amarnas Labashin, of course, you know, putting his hand up and probably trying to force his way into that 15-man squad. But uh, – you know, there's still there's still a bit question marks. Uh, you, you know, the power hitting at the end, I, I'm still not convinced. Um, you know, Mitch Marsh seems to be the only man with with great form. Yes, Warner did get a ton, but I'm not sure that, you know, World Cups are tournament spinners where it, when you look at the successful teams where you either need, you, you're always going to, out of that top seven, you're always going to have three people probably not performing to the elite level. It, it's just the nature it is. You're probably going to have, you know, four who, and two of them really have to fire. Um, who that's going to be for Australia? I mean, right now, Mitch Marsh seems a certainty. Who else is the other person who's going to fire? Mm. And who are the other two? Um, and I think there's still, you know, like you mentioned, like Glenn Maxwell hasn't played for a while. So there, there's a few issues there. Um, you know, Steve Smith, we know what he can do, but do we have somebody else around him who can ensure that, you know, Smithy feels comfortable at that number four and even striking at a hundred, clearly if teams score in excess of 300 and you're right. I mean, Wanderers is a great chasing ground, um, you know, the, and you could blast Nike runs in the last 10 overs at the Wanderers. It's, it's just most records show you that. So, uh, you know, Australia going hard again at the top, uh, but then, you know, you almost need somebody to consolidate that inning. Spanis tried it last night. Didn't quite work. Brilliant over by Marco Jansen. You know, you got three wickets and sort of just blew the game open. Uh, I think it was the 22nd or 24th over. But, yeah, there are a few question marks. And, you know, the other teams are probably coming into this tournament and probably more form. Uh, but it would be interesting to see. A good thing for Australia is it's the World Cup's you know, while it might be only about two and a half weeks away, they've got a really intriguing series against India where they can continue to, if I, you can call it experiment, but give opportunities to, um, and different roles. Again, I don't think winning is the primary goal. I, I still feel it's it's more about sort of game time and putting players under pressure a little bit more.
1: All right, I've got some concerns from this series. We're gonna take a first uh, quick break, and then when we're back, I wanna talk about my concerns from this series. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.
1: All right, you're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. We're reviewing Australia's 3-2 series loss to South Africa. And I've got some concerns. Uh, First, my three concerns, Gav, are death bowling. You mentioned um, who's going to do the death bowling for Australia. It wasn't good in this series. And I I do think there's going to be a lot of frenetic last 10 overs in this 50-over World Cup. If we've seen anything Um, Improve between the 50 over World Cups. It's that power and explosion at the end. And I think we're going to see a lot of T20 cricket in that last 10 overs where, you know, 10, 12 and overs regularly being conceded. Um, So I think our death bowling has to be spot on. And obviously, having no Mitchell Stark in this series really affected Australia's death bowling. Um, So I guess, do you have concerns? You asked me, you know, who I think it'll be. Do you think with Stark and Hazelwood and Cummins, things will be better?
2: Well, things will be better, no doubt about it. I mean, you look at—I mean, no offense to Michael Nisa, but Nisa and Ellis and Ernest and Abbott, it's still a bit level below in terms of experience and, you know, terms of sheer quality as well to, to Hazelwood and. Um, you know, of course, Stark, who's one of the great greatest one day bowlers mm. in world cricket ever. But oh, I, th- yeah, you, you, uh, but I, I just worry about Australia. I think that my big concerns again are sort of like, you know, sort of that five, six, and seven sometimes when Australia lose wickets. And uh, Australia's trying to play that, like I mentioned, that aggressive brand of cricket. But I don't know if, 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 if everyone fits into that, I, I don't know if they have the batting depth. And if you're trying to cover the batting depth, uh, you know, you, you look at someone like England, I'll compare that, you know, look at Ben Stocks, right? He, he can he can score huge targets. He can smash a ball. And i look at him a little bit like, you know, Cam, so can Cam Green. But, you know, Cam Green probably has to bat at number four for Australia to do that. I don't think Cam Green's that type who's going to give you that, You know, 40 of 20 balls uh, on a consistent basis. But but that's the thing, though. That's the thing
1: with our middle-order batting. Uh, We go in with a rusty middle-order. In our last World Cup, Stoinis and Maxwell didn't have great 50 over World Cups, and I think they're one of the chief reasons Australia didn't go on to do better in the 2019 World Cup. And the same concerns, you know, will happen in this World Cup. I mean, Stoinis comes in, he made 45 runs in three knocks in this series. That's not going to exactly make you feel any more comfortable. Maxwell's been carrying an injury. Um, David hasn't done anything. Inglis hasn't done anything yet. So, you know, there's a lot of questions to be answered
2: in that middle order. Yeah, I think middle order is more of a concern for Australia than the bowling. I, I'm not too concerned about bowling. Stark comes in. Zampa and Stark are going to take a lot of wickets. That, that, you know, and you need wickets now in one-day cricket. Um, I think Hazelwood can hold his own. Um, you know, The combination that that want to play as well. I mean, is Cameron Green or Marcus Stoinis? Yeah, he, Stoinis has also got this uncanny knack of taking wickets as well. So I'm not... Fussed about the bowling too much. I think Australia will be up there. I think the concern is sort of that, you know, five, six, and seven. Of course, Alex Carey will take up one spot, um, but it's 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 two of those spots. I, there's there's a few issues. I, if, I don't. If, think if you Australia wanted to get more power in
1: there, you could drop Carey and play Inglis. Um, and then yeah, you can play I think Kerry just has
2: to play I mean this is mm. just you know or, or or do you play Alex Kerry at, you know, and I think he the thing beauty about Alex Kerry is I think he can bat at 7 he can bat at 5 like he can, he's the you know if Australia's 3 for 15 you probably want someone like an Alex Kerry at the crease then a Glenn Maxwell or whoever else even a Marcus Stoinis I'll bat mm. Alex Kerry mm. um and, dip, and and plus he's a left-handed option so I think he's the floater he's, he's vital cock in that so but yet the other two Who's it going to be? Nobody knows, Ben. And I think that's Australia's concern.
1: Also, just want to add, sorry, Aaron Hardy's been added to the squad for these one-day internationals versus India in light of those injuries to Abbott and Ellis. So sticking with my concern, so death bowling, middle-order batting you brought up. I've got one more, and it's Mm -hmm. Australia's fielding, and it's fielding under pressure, and the intensity in which they're training with their fielding is my concern. I think we've seen now... Um, In India, in those first two test matches earlier this year, in the Ashes, in these matches in South Africa, that when the fielding is put under intense pressure, Australia's making more mistakes than they have in the past. We even saw it a little bit in the Ashes. I think their fielding was pretty good, but certainly towards the end, they got a bit ragged. And I don't know if they're training hard enough and able to therefore, um, you know, Handle that intensity when the batters are uh, coming at them hard. And I, I just have concerns about our fielding. And, you know, I was mocked on this podcast a lot um, for saying in the past, but, you know, Kawaja has said it. He's not the only one. They are l- training a lot less than they used to under McDonald. There are certain days that are optional. I know they're still working hard. I'm not saying that they're, they're not working hard, but I don't know if the fielding training is up to the intensity because. When they're put in the blowtorch on the field, they make mistakes. Last night, they were drop catches. It happened all series. Um, do you think that's a legitimate concern?
2: It could potentially. I mean, with the World Cup as well. I mean, some of the outfield catches been dropped. I mean, that's concern.
1: Um,
2: look, you're right. And 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 look, a World Cup is a long tournament. And again, if you if you're nursing players, like you could be a Smithy, it could be a uh, you know a Maxwell who's an outstanding fielder, but sometimes you just need a bit of practice and the intensity you're right you've used the right word there so it, it could come down to that i mean we just look at some of the you know the past world cups and how important the catching is that the fielding is um australia is renowned for having a great fielding team um uh, but is this you know there's a few aging people you know players in there i'm, I'm not saying that they're, they're below standards i think you know, even look at someone like Mitchell Stark is still an outstanding fielder, a great throwing arm, um, but you, you probably don't need those assets sometimes in India, like a great throwing arm, the grounds are small and uh, you almost need to be a little bit quick across the ground and um, you don't need the long throws. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm sure that's one of the concerns. Um, the other thing was, I mean, you look at the Ashes, man, as a 2-0 up and Australia failed to sort of win that series and... Again, two-near here uh, he and, you know, couldn't sort of close it out. Is that a concern? Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. And, and I, I I do
1: think the brain's trust of this team has some question, question marks around it. Uh, you know, I, I've consistently said it. I, I do think McDonald is a good coach. I'm, I'm not trying to say he's not. But... You know, tactically, Australia has been mm. lacking since he took over. You know, we thought, oh, Australia did so well in Pakistan when he won nil. Well, in the light of what England did, maybe we didn't do that well because they went there and smacked Pakistan all around and yeah. took a totally different approach. And yep. for the baseball fans, they're the and, uh, well,
2: and, and I And I sometimes think that one of the reasons we won that test match in India was because of Smithy's captaincy. I mean, Smithy's captaincy was outstanding. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I, and you're right. I think it seems, and we I'm interested mentioned in it on the podcast during the Ashes once, where I think Australia seemed a little bit inept with their tactics. It's it's almost plan A and plan B, but that even that B, if that's out of control, Australia did sort of, you know, I don't think they've got. Well, they Holly. didn't adapt well. After England adapted, ah. they didn't adapt
1: well in in the Ashes. Yes. They sat on their yes. hands and tried to hold the line. In India, they they were woefully, uh, tactically lacking in those first two matches. Kooneman wasn't even in the country in that first test and ended up playing in the second. So that tells well, you. Well, Travis Head
2: getting dropped, is it? A... <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Travis Head step. got
1: dropped. And then, you know, I, I go back to the T20 World Cup in Australia, you know, that first game at the SCG yep. against New Zealand if I'm the coach, I'm saying to the captain and the, the batters, okay, New Zealand have got a big total here. I think we can win it. But what we don't want to do is lose by a hundred runs and be way behind for the rest of the tournament in that run rate. So I think McDonald has struggled in the bright lights. That's my assessment of him. Still a good coach. He's still facilitating good results from the team, but you know, yeah. um, You know, I just think he has to take a lot of the blame
2: for the tactics. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I have those concerns. Well, I mean, and you look at that, you mentioned that Australia-New Zealand game and the other people in tactic was that was a you know, it's a turning track in Sydney, you turn a mile, I think. Ishordi had success then, they had success, and Australia decided to bat first, uh, sorry, bowl first. So, um, you know, and we, we've done a lot of matches at the SCG leading up to that, and we knew how the SCG mm. wickets played. We had, you know, a couple of former New South Walesmen going, oh, mate, this, this year's different. It's It's dry. You want to almost bowl. And, you know, I think it was the England... Pakistan semi or was it um, no England not England Pakistan who would Pakistan play in the semi final minutes or might have been before the semi final oh, South Africa forma, or Bangladesh as a, yeah it was a real uh, Sri Lanka it was a very low scoring game That's as India. well so um it, well, but yeah like you know it's a, these things I think they matter I think you're right I know I'm with you a little bit I think there's that little bit of you know I don't think tactically he. You know, you're right. McDonald's great. I think the players love him and that's important. But can he push them to another level? One can argue that you don't need to push Smith and Manus, but what about the others if the things don't rattle a bit? Players' management side, I think he's terrific and it's been proven. Players want him there. They like him. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to look at results and Australia should have won the Ashes. T20 World Cup was was a failure um, you know, yes, they won, again, you, important tour you missed out with Sri Lanka, uh, but we're getting a little bit sidetracked. Uh, yeah, I know. Things, I just but...
1: think, I think it's, a, my concern is um, how Australia does in the bright lights. And I've said it many times. I think George Bailey's not doing them any favours, making Pat Cummins captain. I think, yeah, I, I don't want to bash them, but you might get a mad yeah. manners about this if we exit the World Cup early. Um,
2: well, just well, uh... go on. No, minutes. I mean, you, you said that, and last week I was more confident about Australia, but yeah, just watching some of the other teams, like even in the Asia Cup and so forth, we'll and you that. think, well, you don't you just don't know. Well, just okay, don't I just know, want I to think. wrap
1: this up. So um just on Steve Smith, we mentioned him as well. News in the Sydney Morning Herald that he's had a cortisone injection 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 to get his elbow right. Um, so he's not a hundred percent, but he feels that it'll heal and it'll be fine. We absolutely need Smith to have a massive World Cup. So Australia heads two. India, having lost the series in South Africa, so they were unable to make a statement. Leading run scorer for Australia was Manus Labuschagne 283. David Warner, second 206. Leading wicket taker Adam Zampa with eight wickets. Um, so, look, nothing really to write home about from that series from mm. Australia. As I said, I think Manus probably putting his hand up for World Cup selections, the real story. But, you know, now I want to talk about a statement. So... Here's a statement from the home side. You you said India are a good shake to win the World Cup on home conditions. Well, boy, did they make a statement overnight. They blasted out Sri Lanka for just 50 in the Asian Cup final, bowled them out in the 16th over. Shiraj took four wickets in his second over. He finished with figures of six for seven. Uh, Sri Lanka at one stage was 6 for 12, so they actually did well to get to 50. And then India, to make a complete mockery of it, hit 51 and just 6.1 overs without
2: losing a wicket. Now, that is a statement performance from India. It was. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, as you, when you look at the bench, some like Mohamed Shamis can't get in um, at, at the moment as well. Shreyas Iyer who's a terrific young cricketer he can't get a go at the moment as well he's had some back issues one thing one, one
1: area where i think india have an advantage is they played have played a lot of 50 over cricket between the world cups they've played more matches than mm. any of the sides and, and i think it's set
2: I, them up well yeah, and no, I think historically, I think Indian batters love to. I think that's always been their strongest format. You, you see, India, the, you know, their record at sort of T Twenty cricket, despite the IPL, is not that great. And one of those reasons is you look at a lot of the IPL franchise, and none of the you haven't got many Indian players who occupy sort of that five, six, and seven slots. A lot of the power hitting have, has gone to the West Indies. You know, the Australian players, um, the, the, the 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 English players. Um, so no, no one like. Has really, you know, you look at sort of Hardik Pandya as one guy who's sort of can, you know, was seen as a finisher, but uh, and he can do that. But I think over time, if you watched him play in T20 cricket the last couple of IPLs, he's to get four and played better in more of a reserve manner. And, and I still think India's there's that little bit of question mark and that little power hitting role. Um, uh, Hardik can do it, Jadeja's been very good at it, but yeah I, I just don't know if they've got a you know someone who can smash 40 of 20 balls when when, when required i think that's india's biggest concern but you know that, that that top 3 is good the bowling attack's pretty well covered i think kuldeep yadav's yeah, going to have a terrific world cup um, you know they got all, all the options covered as well so uh, and i think they have the right balance uh, yeah yeah I think India's they'll they'll make the semi-finals uh, undoubtedly along with England. I think I think Australia's a good chance as well. Um, but yeah, look, you have to worry about you know you, you look at uh, I mentioned how competitive the World Cup, and suddenly you can have you know Sri Lanka having what they did. And even a bowling team like Australia could do that to Sri Lanka. Mm. Uh, it, it's just a bit of helpful conditions of this Pakistan lineup could destroy the Australian lineup. So I think there's a lot of sort of Question marks there in terms of backing in terms of security i still think india look you know in tougher conditions if you do get a bit of a turning track and i think still think india with that top sort of four or five look very sound compared to any other england will try blast their way out australia probably don't have that many options uh but you're right like i mean mm, india just incredible are, are they your favorites menace Oh, I think so I think on
1: home hope home conditions um, I think India Pakistan even um, England unfortunately will probably give it a bit of a shake and after this series I, I actually not sure Australia will make the semi-finals um I, I think oh, wow. I, I think they're taking this tournament for granted making Cummins the skipper um, rest you know I, I just think I just think this you know they'll probably just fall short I think it's going to be very competitive but I can see Australia being in that sort of fifth position come semi-final time and um you know we'll look back at some curious tactical decisions all right other world cup news um nazim shah the pakistan right arm quick has been ruled out of the world cup with a shoulder injury that's a big exclusion for pakistan gav
2: oh it's huge i mean that trio of uh, shane chai shah, freddy Haris and nasim shah i was just you, know, you wanted to go watch Pakistan play with those three, but they have some decent depth there. This couple of young bowlers, you know, as as Pakistan um, always have. Um, so I, I, it's it's it is a huge loss. Like I, I personally think, I mean, Nasim Shah is a great bowler, but I think you know, I think in the in and out of those three, I actually think he's probably the third. If you wanted to lose. One out of those three probably be Nassim. I think Shane Shire, Frida, you Freddie him with left armor, angle does everything, and I think Haris is a is a ter- you need that type of bowler. You might go at six and over, but he will get your wickets. He's got pace. He can bowl it to death. He's got all the options. Can take the new ball. So you know, I'm just trying to find something positive for Pakistan, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's it, a big it loss. It is a it is a big loss. But but what, what do you what do you think of England? Um, I think they're trying to force Harry Brook into that squad and getting rid of Jason Roy.
1: Yes, well, that's true. So, yeah, Jason Roy has been dropped from the squad. Harry Brook has replaced him. Well, I I think the writing was on the wall for Jason Roy. His form has been up and down. I think he's carried a bit of an injury throughout this New Zealand-England series. And Harry Brook has been one of the most exciting young players in world cricket in all forms. And I just think England wanted him in there for his match winning capabilities. But the thing about Brook is he has had some quiet spells in, in competitions In the IPL, he was dropped. He made 100, mm. but then couldn't turn that into consistent performances. So yeah, he's got some question marks around him. I do think it's good for the tournament though, to have Harry Brook in there. You know, he's a player that ah. people will want to watch.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no doubt, <laughs> he I probably can't make it into the eleven. That's how strong England are at the moment. Um, I still think they have the most balanced team at the World Cup, and I think that's why they're my favourites. I think but England are your favourites. Uh, no, I know England are definitely. I would if 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 England was to play India in the, the final, I would still probably given that England have got in the past, it, the English have shown the tenders to choke. Um, you know, twenty sixteen World Cup in calcutta one batter over by Stokes, but you know, to 2019 World Cup, um, you know, they again won the World Cup last year in Australia. Uh, so I think that they've, they've got big match players now. Um, it's frustrating, uh-huh. it's frustrating yeah, so to I, hear I, that. I, That's why I think I just have England ahead of India, but if you ask me right now who's who playing in the final, I'm probably thinking India and England right now,
1: yes. I think that's a pretty, a pretty good pick, but I think we'll see some surprises. All right, so that's the World Cup news. Just some news on the domestic front. Australia A bounced back after losing their first-class matches uh, to New Zealand A, but they won the one-day. Well, the, the not well. They are one-day internationals, uh, but the list A. Um, And they won those three near Australia A. Henry Thornton was a bit of a standout. A young quick, was called up late Mm. into the second match and then took seven for 39, the best ever figures for an Australia A bowler. Backed it up with four for 32 in the third. He's a good young player. Thornton, I've seen him bowl before. And then uh, I guess something interesting for me was in the third match, in a tight chase, a young batter that we're big fans of in this podcast, Ollie Davies, scored 48 off 63. In, in that third match. And I think he has a big future, Olly Davies. He's sort of that new breed of almost, um, he's come through the ranks through his exploits at the Thunder. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, I think Ollie Davies is a, a big, big one for the future. And I like him scoring runs there in, in a chase.
2: Yeah, and 48 of 60 odd balls. Normally for Ollie Davies, the first thing that catches your eye is, you know, the, the balls are substantially less than the amount of runs he scored. So, uh, if he, And if he's guiding teams to victory, that's probably not his cup of tea or those, no, certainly. So um, good signs, you know, I think should, more exposure he gets. I think it's going to be really good.
1: Yes. And we'll also see his younger brother, Joel Davies, playing for the Sixers oh, yeah. this year, who's an excellent player. Um, so look out for the Davies brothers. One of their parents is um, from the West Indies. So they have that Caribbean yes. flair. All right, we're going to take our final break and then we'll be back.
0: At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. It's can't let it go time. Gav, what is your can't let it go for this week?
2: Can't let it go. Well, I can't let it go that international teams are still bundled out for 50 runs. Like. Uh, yes, I was. I was coaching. You know, I was in the under 12s and even they managed to get sixty three. And you know, some <laughs> of the kids don't know how to hold a bat yet, manners. But international level, you can't be getting out for fifty. Come did you, on. Did you
1: see the shots of the crowd when when Sri Lanka was six for twelve, and they were playing at home in Sri Lanka, and uh, the crowd was just sullen. Depressed. I mean, it-
2: well, there, there, were, there was still about 6,000 people outside trying to get in when you know the first ball was bowled. I mean, geez, you, you wouldn't want to be walking in and then just realizing, imagine that going you know, menace, we were only, you know, sort of only three people in front of you, asked in the line, but well, only two wickets left <laughs> for Sri Lanka. So that would have been the case, but I can't let that go. 50, can't, okay, I can take a 70, right? But anything. Fifty or less. And in a
1: final, like presumably Sri Lanka have been playing okay
2: to make the final. Um, Oof, yeah. I can't take that. Like I, I just can't let that go. 50, yes. just no, I no, like it. no. All right. Um Well, my, you?
1: my can't let it go is um, unfortunately, friend of the show who was on recently, Stuart McGill was arrested over drugs charges and um, yeah, just, just bad news. Um, you know, he's obviously really fallen on tough times and, I think it's easy to sort of throw stones at people, but, you know, I just, you know, have a lot of sympathy for him. He's gone through a really tough period and um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. Um, But yeah, that was concerning news for a friend of the show, uh, Stuart McGill, to be arrested over drug charges. So a bit of a depressing, can't let it go, Gav, but sad news for one of Australia's great bowlers. And yeah, I was watching highlights of him playing last night and, McGill was just so good just so good um so hopefully he gets through this tough period and he's through the other side
2: yeah absolutely but uh, imagine as the world cup approaches and um well i you know i think there's going to be plenty of let goes. So, i mean I, I could add to it i, I just can't believe australia and the rugby's been beaten
1: by pg <laughs> we know i'm gonna axe these rugby i'm gonna edit this bit out right i'm just gonna write these time codes down wallabies wallabies when i mentioned all right gav well thanks so much for joining me so listeners um firstly uh, i recorded an episode on friday with james Baisley from queensland cricket and also managed to interview elisa healy last week so if you missed that episode yeah gotta catch up on that one that was on friday um but yes um make sure you follow the show on your favorite podcast app whether that's apple or spotify if you can rate the show on spotify or apple that would be fantastic five stars would be preferable i uh, read out some reviews on friday and i'll read out some more reviews as they come in so that'd be a big help you can follow us on social media we're on at Oz cricket pod aus cricket pod on twitter and instagram We're cricket unfiltered on tiktok if you want to help support the show, you become a valued patron of the show, head to Patreon. The link is in the show notes. we have also got a YouTube page and I'm going to strong arm Gav into doing more live broadcasts during the world cup. We'll try and um, record either, you know, at lunchtime in matches or after matches. So good time to subscribe to our YouTube page and the lead up to the world cup. If you want to email us your hot cricket take, um, the email is in the show notes, uh, all of my men as masterclass timeless interviews are on the podcast feed. So just put in men as masterclass, some great ones in the off season, Kumar Sankara, Mike Whitney, Phil Jakes. Um, so a lot, lot of great stuff to listen to. And Gav, where can the listeners connect, can connect with you?
2: Of course, on this podcast, man, as I'm, I'm trying to get my social media going, but you know how I am. You've, you've given me a slap on the wrist as well. Uh, but maybe as the <laughs> World Cup's getting uh, closer, then I might be back on social media Are you media ashamed again.
1: of this podcast, though? Because you haven't even tweeted uh, out that you're, you're well, part of the uh, podcast. Like, I'm sure there's Gav Joshi fans out there, like, you know, diehard fans of yours uh, that would I love to guys. know you're co-hosting a podcast. But you're too ashamed to announce it. I,
2: I yeah, I, I I, might have to install Twitter on my phone. Can you believe it? Like I've gone away from it. Like I've just, I just get enough news anyway. But yeah, like I think I might need to reinstall it, and that yes. might help out.
1: Yeah, just announce maybe on Facebook and Twitter that you're part of Cricket Unfiltered now, um, and maybe yeah, we'll get some of your fans listening. The, the Gav stands. <laughs> um, just. I, before we go, Gav, um, you know, you released a book with uh, Barrett Sunderace in, in the off-season. Uh, how's it going? And what's it called again? I want to get the name
2: right. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's going great, manners. Um, it was about uh, Australia's em- emphatic, uh, well, sorry, India's emphatic win down under last time they toured here. Um, and, you know, it's called The Miracle Makers. It's, it's got a lot of, like, you know, behind-the-scenes stories, a couple of players have been able to talk as well. But, yep, you can get online. I think it's on Amazon. Uh, I have a read of it. It's probably not going to, might get a few more eyeballs, maybe even next summer when India get out here. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's got a lot of interesting stuff. Some of the players have, of course, gone on to play for India. It's just not about that series. It's a little bit, you know, it's some really nice anecdotes and what makes them as good as they are and some really good tales from, you know, from former Indian coach Ravi Shastri. You hear his opinions on commentary, but yeah, behind the scenes as well. He's told some really good tales.
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, that's Miracle Makers. Go and find it. I'd love to do a bit of a deep dive with you um, on that yep. book on stage. You need to give me a signed well, we copy as well. Um, uh, for- I certainly will. Um, all right, listeners. Well, that's it for Cricket Unfiltered. We'll, we'll, we'll record another episode at some stage this week. Um, thanks, everybody, um, for listening, and we'll be back soon. See you, Gav. Thank you, Menace
0: this is a piccolo podcast
1: production sports social podcast network